What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing good. Uh, just just getting some good laughs right before this. Uh, yeah. But, you know, wish wish we were uh, coming off a Guardians win yesterday, but... Yeah, that would have been better. See but... how tomorrow goes. But... <laughs> yeah, I saw they're, uh, they're potentially postponing to Friday, or, or they're making plans in case it storms, I guess, so yeah. it's a bummer. Um, although Friday's better for you know my schedule anyway, I think so. I mean, uh, it was crazy here today. I mean, we even had to go in the basement at work for a tornado warning. Oh, <laughs> uh, right as yeah. I was about to leave for lunch, too. Nice. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But well, yeah. um, <laughs> all right, guys, we are here to talk through week six of the NFL. Uh, it, it was a, an eventful week five. A lot happened, but we have finally made it to the the era of bye weeks. And so this week we won't be talking about four teams, the Detroit Lions, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Houston Texans, and the Ten- Tennessee Titans are all on bye this week. So uh, just the, some blanket advice. Don't start the players that are on bye. Um, that would be a good decision. Uh, Randy, I, I'm kind of intrigued by your dilemma here. So in shallow leagues, if you roster a ton of players from these teams, which is a reasonable thing to do, there's there are a lot of fantasy relevant players here. Are you what what is your strategy to get the correct number of starters in your lineup? Um <laughs> well it, it depends on kind of what you're looking at and like the one I kind of went over with you where it's basically I have no second tight end and I have Waller out and I have no one on my bench that's droppable uh, with the most droppable droppable person being Khalil Herbert. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty much trying to two for one trade away somebody and try and upgrade a position and then still be able to pick up a tight end replacement for the week. Uh, That's kind of the best way. I know how to do it because otherwise you're dropping someone that's actually valuable and getting a guy that's going to play one week. And I know like Waller has been struggling, but hopefully he's healthy off the buy and we can get back to normalcy a bit there. But uh, yeah. there's not really, not, no one's trading tight ends away right now. You're like, you're not going to go get Andrews or Kelsey. So in, there's Higby's probably the best one after that, and I'm not trading down to Higby. So, at a certain point, you have to just try and work a way around with some trades, and hopefully, people bite. Uh, if not, you're just I mean, at a certain point, you just kind of have to drop, drop Herbert there because otherwise, you're just getting a goose egg. And it, I know he's valuable, but I, I'd like here's to the, win. <laughs> here's the thing, though I mean, you might pick up a tight end that goose eggs anyway right i mean it's true so do you then consider maybe just saying okay i'll take the zero at tight end and keep my good asset and then just not putting a full slate of starters out there 
I think it's worth the consideration. Like it obviously depends on uh, who's available, but again, with the shallow league, there's there should be at least a, a solid mid level replacement that could get you at least ten points, uh, which could be the big difference. But yeah. with a team like that, it is definitely heavy in my uh, consideration. It is kind of punt for the week. Um, there's been a lot of other teams where I've been able. To, I've had to, you know, my entire bench was on by this week, uh, but I've had enough to kind of play, and or I'm waiting on someone to who's going to go to injury report to go to injury report, then I'll be fine and stuff like that. But it's yeah. it's definitely tough because Raiders and Lions for sure have a lot of fantasy relevant people this year, and the Texans, uh, Brandon Cooks, I know he's starting to get back to relevancy, but Damian Pierce is a guy I have rostered a good amount, and <laughs> he is uh, starting to take off and. Yeah, definitely not dropping him. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, kind of a rare situation there, but I, I do think that that's valuable to to discuss since we talked about it right before because I think that could help someone maybe. So, yeah. all right, uh, that was just the bye week talk. Let's get right into week six. So Thursday night football this week, the Washington Commanders one point favorites going to Chicago to face off against the Bears. Over under in this game is thirty nine and a half, which honestly feels high considering where these two teams are right now. Um, no injuries of note. Brian Robinson made his debut last week. Uh, looked pretty good. Didn't get a full workload, um, of, of snaps at least, but, um, he did lead the team with nine carries. So he immediately steps into what I believe is probably the bulk of carries once he's fully healthy. Um, and in this game against the bears, I I wonder what that share is going to be. On the receiver side of things, Deami Brown, you know, everyone's debating Curtis Samuel, John Dotson, Terry McLaurin. No, Deami Brown, the forgotten day two pick from last year, decided to explode for two massive touchdowns uh, in this game. Uh, two catches, 105 yards, and, and those two touchdowns. Uh, what are you doing with the commander's receivers this week? Because Curtis Samuel still, you know, is getting his. Terry McLaurin, I believe, is like, top 10 in air yards still so what are you doing um well with like terry i'm looking at the injury report for chicago uh because you know jayla johnson really hasn't done i'm not even sure he's really played this year at all um yeah. so we gotta keep an eye on that because that is you know big obviously they have Kyler gordon out there but uh he's definitely not jayla johnson level um so, uh, you know, I, I trust Terry to a certain extent, and this seems like a game that both teams can win, and I think both teams could put up 20 points as well. So while I do think it's a Thursday night game, I want to pick the under, and it's a really small line. Uh, both these teams have pretty consistently been able to get close to 20 or 20 this season, um, and, you know, both coming off decent offensive weeks. So, I, I mean, I think I'm playing – Terry McLaurin as a flex, but obviously not a flex because it's Thursday. Um, Dotson, it's tough. I don't, I don't really think I'm there. Um, Curtis Samuel, I think you pretty much have to play, just consistent touches. I'm not I'm not chasing the points with the Abby Brown, though. No. <clears throat> no, he only had four targets in this game. And I think really with Dotson being out of this game, I think he kind of just assumed those, those targets um, – but yeah, I think I saw a report today that Jalen Johnson looks good to go. 
for this week. So I think that does matter. I think that could hold the point total a little bit lower. On the other side, though, I do want to mention, obviously, Justin Fields. We know our feelings on Justin Fields here on the show, but he finally, <clears throat> it looked like his breakout. It's just the production didn't quite follow. But if you watch snap by snap, Justin Fields was immaculate in that second half and was on track to lead a game winning or at least game tying drive if Amir Smith-Marset does not get the ball stolen from him uh, and legitimately just it's, it wasn't even a strip it was just a this is mine and I'm gonna yeah. run the other way which was crazy but Justin Fields I believe 12 of 13 in the second half against the Vikings look good in the first half too uh, he ended up being 15 of 21 208 yards and a, a touchdown fumbled the ball twice but added 47 yards on the ground with a 53 yarder that got called back for a kind of questionable call. So he could have had a hundred yards on the ground in this game. So I do think we're going to see a little bit more uh, from this offense. I think Montgomery is going to be another week healthy. I, I I'm yeah. kind of intrigued by the bears offense this week because Getzy seems to have found a rhythm for them. Yeah. I, I, I think it's about opening up the book. And I, I think we saw three weeks of fields not being, you know, given the second page of the playbook. And uh, which, you know, it's just, just how atrocious this office uh, was. And if you can just completely open up the book, which I don't see why you, you're you not, because, you know, it is new regime pretty much everywhere. So you need to figure out fields. And obviously we know uh, what we believe his talent is. <laughs> And I don't think he fully, you know, succeeds this year, regardless of how open the playbook is and the trust, just because of the weapons around him and the line protecting him. But we can see enough if you let him throw 30 times a game, which this team desperately needs. Uh, this team could not run the ball, really, besides Fields this last week. So that did lead to a little bit more throws for Fields. But, I mean, they're trying to bleed the clock, it feels like. And – you're just not going to win enough games that way. Uh, but I do think Monty showed a better week. Komet looked like he was actually a part of the offense. So there was good things to show there. And I, I, I'm excited with possibilities, but it's still like I'm not playing anyone besides Monty uh, and Fields in some leagues. Like he's yeah. technically – he's my only quarterback in Scott Fishbowl. So <laughs> – Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, was, he ended up being QB16 last week. With that 53-yard run, he jumps up into the top 12. So it's yeah. worth noting that he technically produced that if you omit the penalty. Of course, you can't. But uh, the other piece I wanted to say on this, um, the I actually, it, it, we'll, we'll leave it alone, but I do think that if Montgomery isn't able to get it going, I'm intrigued by Herbert. Uh, I do think that Washington doesn't really disguise coverage very much, so I think this will be an easy game for Fields to just run – everything out there so it's going to be i think a little bit better than last week because last week's thursday night game was one of the worst uh in recent memory so. yeah which is awkward because we we're kind of expecting this one to be more of that but i actually have higher expectations for it uh, yeah. i will say that the commanders well the defense hasn't been great the run defense has been you know a, t a top half of the league run defense so um there might be another struggling day from the Bears running backs necessarily and fields will have to carry more, which is what we want to see anyways. Yeah. Um, and then obviously uh, I have my sit lock of the week being Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't see this being a game where they're out of reach necessarily. 
So I do see this as a work Brian Robinson back in the offense kind of game. So while I do think Gibson does, does get work, I think McKissick does get some work. Um, and I do think they throw more than they run. <laughs> uh, I just think Robinson's probably getting 10 to 15 carries and probably no passing work, but 10 to 15 carries. And then I don't think Gibson's getting more than five. So I'm just not playing him this week. I'd rather just – I'd rather him score 15 points on my bench on Thursday than me put him in and get a complete dud and be starting off the week bad. Yeah. Uh, last thing of note here, Ron Rivera did call out Carson Wentz and then kind of argued that he wasn't calling him out. But yeah. it, it was very clear what it was, and even Alex Smith kind of called he, it out on – He called him out, and then the very next question praised him. It made no sense. So strange. I don't know if maybe it was his wording and he just misspoke. I don't know. But Carson Wentz wasn't upset about it. Yeah, he was upset about it, but then Ron Rivera addressed it in the team meeting. So it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's that. Uh, I'm taking the Bears in this game and the under. I'll take the Bears in the over. That's fair. That's fair. Barely. It, yeah. It's going to be <laughs> – Barely. They're going to score 40 points. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that sounds about right. <clears throat> Let's move on to the main slate. The New England Patriots get the Cleveland Browns this week. Browns are three-point favorites. Over-under is only 42.5 in this game. Uh, Damian Harris is out or doubtful, I think, technically right now. But it sounds like he's going to be out for a couple weeks at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's, uh, he's out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just it's Bill doing Bill things. Uh, he hurt his hamstring. Nelson Aguilar did the same thing. Uh, the Patriots were pretty dominant against the Lions. Dan Campbell made some uh, questionable things happen in this game. He, he kind of he coaches with his heart uh, to a fault, and sometimes it benefits him. But he was out coached by Bill Belichick. Bailey Zappi was fine. Uh, Bailey Zappi is starting again. Is Mac Jones back? Randy, do you know? No, not for sure. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I it, Bailey Zappi will be the starter if Mac Jones is unable to go. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson last week, 25 carries, 161, two catches for 14 uh, yards. Looked like he is going to be a workhorse in Damian Harris's absence. And for that, he's going to be my lock start this week. I know it's kind of low-hanging fruit with what is happening here, but Ramondre has a very, very favorable schedule over the next few weeks. And I would say he's my lock start this week, but also it's trade season. We're, we're getting into heavy trade season. He's a pretty good target to get before the the next few weeks. So um, other side of the ball, the Browns found new ways to lose the game again. Uh, they tend to do that all the time. Uh, the craziest stat I heard was that uh, opponents have only missed two kicks over the last two years against the Browns, and the Browns missed two kicks last week alone. Uh, which was just unfortunate for them. Uh, what, how do you see this game unfolding here? <clears throat> uh, I'm scared. <laughs> Mainly because, you know, uh, the Patriots just shut out the Lions, whose offense looked pretty much unstoppable uh, from at least scoring somewhat. And while I think, I think the Browns could run on anyone, I think they'll be able to this week. Uh, I am nervous with how... In close games, Brissett has just been kind of shitting down his leg a lot, and I am very nervous against this defense that that's going to cost us entirely. 
Um, I think this yeah. is the Browns game to lose. And yeah. that's what scares me <laughs> because every time it's been their game to lose, they lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I think you're right about Brissett. I just, Brissett is out there to be a game manager and he's been a game loser uh, over the first it's, part of this season. He's done a decent job most of the game. And it's just been anytime it's been like real close with a big situation, he's thrown a really bad pick every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not great for them. Uh, Nick Chubb is the fantasy RB one, I believe at this point, depending on your format. Uh, but I think yeah. it's any format. He's I, he sh- <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like points per first down or something like that, which I'm sure he's actually Even that. leading <laughs> that too. Yeah, uh, Nick Chubb has been dominant. Carry the only one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick Chubb has been pretty dominant. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns. Uh, the the offense does score a lot of points, so I'm intrigued by the over in this game, despite the Patriots having a good defense that just shut out the Lions, like you said. I'm gonna take the Browns and the over. Um, I will too, um, okay. just because I do think it's Zappy again, and I think another week of being healthy uh, up front for the Browns' defensive line, they can you know actually get to the quarterback. The Patriots' offensive line hasn't been anything great in pass protection, so if they can slow down the run game at all, which I don't really expect, but any time it's a passing down, I do expect Garrett and Clowney to be able to do something about it. Um, do you know when... Deion Jones is playing because he's still coming off injury, right? Mm, uh, from well, my understanding is that he wasn't actually hurt. Uh, okay. And he, him and the Falcons had a pretty big falling out. I know. Um, yeah. I, here's the other piece of that. Deion Jones was not good the last time we saw him for about a year. Um, he was a tackle. He was very much so one of those guys that accumulated tackles. He was a really good IDP player. That's what the Browns defense I, <laughs> I know that, but also I don't know that the cleanup duty is going to be there. Hopefully it is. Jacob Phillips has been terrible for the Browns uh, in their linebacker room. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if he's playing this week, but I know he's in town and practicing, I think. so. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and I just a little one-off really quickly. David Njoku is the tight end eight on the season. So, um, yeah. Also yeah. a good trade target for when Deshaun Watson's back. And Belichick said he was the second best Browns tight end in history already. All right. Sounds so I good. don't think Njoku's catching the ball this week is what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, anything else on this game, Randy? No, no. I'm, I can't wait to talk depressingly about it next week. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, next one, San Francisco 49ers, six-point favorites heading to Atlanta, face-off against the Falcons. Over-under in this is 42.5 as well. Uh, Jeff Wilson had a massive day for the 49ers last week, 17 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. George Kittle stopped being an extension of the offensive line and got involved in the passing game. Uh, Debo didn't have a great game. Brandon Ayuk had an okay game. Uh, this 49ers offense is very much so what it was last year, which we kind of knew with Jimmy, Jimmy G taking over. Debo is still the target leader, and I think Debo is going to be your inside the 10 running back as well. Um, does that translate to points this week? I'm I'm not entirely sure. I think yeah, the consistency yeah. that we got from Debo last year is kind of hit or miss right now. I don't know that it's all, all there. 
Yeah, and I, you know, obviously the Fortnite's were up big all day, so they weren't really passing anyways. It's probably gonna be the same thing again here, so we'll see yeah. how it runs. Yeah. On the other side, Marcus Mariota is probably on his last legs. Um, just in terms of they might need to switch to Ritter here soon just to see what they've got. Uh, he did not – he had to throw a, a little bit more. He ran more this week than the last seven carries, 61 yards. That's something that I think Ritter can do as well. Everyone's kind of clamoring for Ritter, and I think we're hitting a breaking point. Um, Tyler Algier is technically the top back, but this is very much so a, a three-headed backfield. So, the, you know, we could sit here and say sit all the running backs there. That's Cordero Patterson. You're You're playing. Um, but he's, he's hurt. He's, he's, IR, he's hurt. So he's yeah. out for at yeah. least this game and two more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's kind of the same thing as the Falcons backs last week. I mean, they're they're coming off facing Tampa, where we're like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, 49ers are right up there. 49ers defense is top five in every statistical category, if not better. So, yeah. <laughs> and even adjusted categories. So, I, I'm just not excited about anything on the Falcons side. I don't. Know for sure if Pitts is even playing. So you, then you're completely scared about Drake London because Chardarius Wars looked really good this year and the whole secondary is looking good. And that coupled with a good defensive line, Nick Bosa having possibly a career year, which is saying something for him. It's yeah. it's looking scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're looking good. Uh, Pitts said he's playing, but we know that that doesn't mean much. He also said he doesn't mind not touching the ball which we know is wrong too yeah that's true uh in this game i'm going to take the falcons to cover and i'm going to take the over i'll take the 49ers and the points in the over okay that's fair uh next one cincinnati bengals one point favorite heading to new orleans to face off against the saints new orleans uh 44 and a half over under in this game chris Olave is in the concussion protocol uh, he still has a chance to play. He's in stage three. I saw today. Uh, it sounds like he's the next step is non-contact football work. That's kind of a little late in the in the week. I don't think a lobby is going to play, but they might be getting Jarvis Landry back this week. Um, They're supposed to be getting Michael Thomas back as well. I yeah. think that may clarify things because I think a will be clear to play this week, but I don't know if he'll play. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, and and this is his first concussion, you know, reported. So uh, they're generally, you know, right back out there the next week uh, yeah. where we'll get, like, the next game, Friday with his third concussion two seasons. He's most likely not playing this week. I mean, right. especially with the more heightened protocols added even this year, uh, even two weeks ago. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. Uh, where a lot of I do think he can play because he didn't have any mobility issues or anything. Yeah. He just got he got knocked out. I mean, and yeah. somehow got a touchdown. Still, that was not a catch. On that. that was not a catch. It was a catch, but like he hit the ground, was knocked out, and the ball moved immediately. It, it was like yeah, it, it was the dead situation all over again. And that there's yeah. been so much inconsistency with that call. It's crazy. Officiating in general this year has been atrocious across the board. Yes, which it, it was exemplified in week five. It sure was. Um, if Olave plays, I think he's the I one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks uh, around shiftily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Chris Olave, if he does play, is probably the best receiver still. I, I think Thomas yeah. might take, you know, Thomas has been kind of touchdown vulturing, but Olave has been, been very good. He's been by far the best rookie wide receiver this year. Uh, on the other side, Cincinnati, they, they lost the game last week. Um, T. Higgins played like, what, five snaps or something? I don't know what his actual snap total was, uh, but then he just kind of sat. He hurt his ankle and he did not play the rest of the evening i'm gonna try to find a snap total uh on so joe mixon had a fine day he was more efficient running the ball 14 carries 78 yards uh jamar chase 12 targets in t higgins absence but this bengals offense has been kind of uh, worrisome for fantasy uh hayden hurst was the guy that stepped up this last week uh what do you how do you see this game playing out so uh, just the their offense in general has been weird because it's like they've been a lot of the first few weeks was play calling like they had an improved offensive line because that's what was supposed to happen. But this offensive line has not been playing well. They're not gelling well yet. I do think that'll turn around. Uh, but you know it's been pretty bad so far. Uh, Leal Collins has been one of the worst right tackles in football this year, which is crazy. Uh, because he was one of the best last year. So I do think it comes back more towards, you know, the mean. But <laughs> I do think it's having to adapt to play calling a bit. Um, and Higgins really hasn't been healthy at all this year. And I think that's been a big influence on it as well, because I'm not sure Boyd's really doing enough to be a wide receiver two anymore. So, uh, so we're getting consistent games from Chase. And I know Chase owners are a little bit panicked, but they're coming. You know, those big games are coming. Uh, it's the same thing when we get down to the Packers with uh, H.A. Dillon. So um, I do think this will be – I don't think this will be a better day for the Bengals offense. Uh, I'm hoping Mixon can have a decent day. He's been kind of touched on Vultured this whole year. I think if he had even a, an average amount of touchdowns at this point with the amount of carries, especially in the goal line he's had, he'd be, you know, like a top ten back right now and we'd all be just – absolutely salivating over him every week. So yeah. I think he's just showing what he's been able to do. Um, yeah. And Burroughs look good when he's had time. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Obviously, we're going to have uh, most likely Higgins back. And then that will – which is good for the Bengals for multiple reasons, but mainly because that will keep Lattimore to a side instead of a person. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I did want to mention too, Joe Mixon is currently on pace for almost 90 targets. Um, yeah. So I think once the touchdowns start to flow in, you're going to see that top 10 production. Uh, he's he's RB 15 in PPR formats right now, so he's not far off. But, um, but yeah, I think better days are coming for the Bengals offense. I just don't think it is in this game. Uh, I, I do think that this is going to be more of a, a defensive struggle game. It, it sounds like... Um, Andy Dalton still starting this week, right? Jameis is not back. I th- think the receivers are looking good. Jameis is not. So, um, yeah, he he's, Jameis hasn't even done like non-contact drills from yeah. what I'm hearing. They're just completely sitting him out until he's fully back, which is smart because you know they're they're not necessarily winning, but they're getting the job done. I know they won this last week, but they're yeah. they're moving the ball and they want Jameis full, you know, hundred percent because. Once he's back and he is 100% of this offense can kind of be unlocked and be what yeah. we thought it would be, it looks like, because it looks like they're you know they're fully in this offense and on track now. They just can't get that 
next gear going with Dalton at quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am going to take the Bengals to win this game, and I will take the under. Under. I am going to take the Saints in the over. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, Taysom Hill is going to have three touchdowns this week. I'm so tired of that guy. I'm so tired of him. He's the tight end three right now, I'm pretty sure, uh, which is not uh, fair. He's not even a tight end. He's a tight end. He's got one passing touchdown, nine carries for 112 and three touchdowns last week. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He's a good football uh, and player. And that's also with Camaro still getting 23 carries and six catches. So it's not like he's hurting the other people. So I'm not mad at it right now. Yeah. We'll, well see in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Once once everyone's back, though, I think that will change. Yeah. He, he's doing stuff because Jameis is out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eight-point favorites facing off against the Steelers. The over-under is 42-and-a-half. Vegas loved the 42-and-a-half line this week. That's a lot of 42-and-a-half. <laughs> it's all they want to do. Yeah, uh, Pat Fryermuth, as you mentioned, third concussion in two seasons, probably going to be out in this game. Zach Gentry would step up as the starting tight end. Not really a pass-catching threat, not really going to uh, assume the Fryermuth role. Could mean a bigger day for some of the tertiary or even secondary options. Um, in So Kenny Pickett, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, uh, 34 of 52, 327 and, and the interception. He is what we thought he was, and it's a guy who's he's going to take the the safe throws, I think. He, he tried pushing the ball a little bit. He made some really nice throws to Deontay that ended up being just out of bounds. Deontay's had like four of the best catches that didn't count that I can remember. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> through five weeks, it's insane. Um, Najee Harris does not look good, and it sounds like Jalen Warren's going to continue getting mixed in even more. Mike Tomlin actually alluded to that fact. I don't know what to do with Najee. If you drafted him, I'm, I'm sorry. I think you're stuck with him because I think everyone kind of sees the writing on the wall there. Uh, Deontay Johnson still the top target, 13 targets, five catches for 60 yards. George Pickens, eight targets, six catches for 83. Chase Claypool got nine targets. They threw 52 times. So, I, you know, yeah. we I don't – well, that, I guess it could happen in this game with, with the Bucks if their offense starts to hum. Uh, and he looked good last week as well. So uh, on that side of things, I guess, are you concerned about the Pickens line being higher despite the lower target share? Do you think that that's going to kind of fall in favor of Deontay here sooner rather than later? Well, it, it I think the favors, it's already in Deontay's favor with the first, like a week of practice right. for the first team. He's already got the targets again. And like we alluded to, there was two or three balls this game that were like just out of reach or that could have been big plays for Deontay or just out of bounds. So he should have had a better day. And I think a little bit more rhythm and connection through the season, he'll continue to do that. Pickens is going to be what he's going to, you know, he's going to get deep field, like downfield shots. And he's going to have these, you know, four or five catches for 70 yards. This is how it's going to be. And Claypool is getting dumped down targets. I really don't even. I mean, he needs to get involved, but I don't think he's necessarily like a weapon. I think it's going to be a clear Deontay and Pickens just for yeah. the future with Pickens. Uh, but it, and it, it makes sense because Pickens has practiced more with Pickett. They're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, other side, like you, uh, we, we mentioned Tom Brady, 35 of 52, 351 yards, spreading the ball around pretty heavily. Uh, Julio Jones did not play in this game. 
that left opportunity for Kate Otten to kind of assume a decent target share. Seven targets, six receptions, 43 yards. Uh, Kate Otten is my need more info because I think what we could be looking at is a, a breakout-ish tight end season because I do think that they're going to realize pretty quickly that he is their best pass catching tight end and they don't, they are still trying to fill that Gronk void within this offense. I want to see it again though, because I think that if Julio's back, um, which I don't know if he will be at this point, um, it sounded like he was close last week. So it sounds like he should be back this week, but with Julio back, I want to see the tight end involvement. Um, or if it swings back in favor of the the running backs and then Julio getting the the other targets. Well, and, and Otten had a ton of targets, and you know Fournette had eleven targets. I know uh, Rashad White had a few as well. So I, I think it's just going to anyone and everyone with Godwin and Evans obviously being the top dogs. Uh, they're pretty much guaranteed at this point double digit targets a game. So if everyone else is getting five or six, you know. Yeah, well, that makes people playable. And if, like you said, I think I want to see Otten and Julio out there because there was times where it looked like they were kind of using Julio as you know, like a, a split between tight end and wide receiver to kind of gradually get to where his body's going at this point, you know, because <laughs> he's almost a tight end at this point. With especially with that, with him not being able to stay healthy. If he was fully healthy, he would still be you know a good receiver, but. At this point, if he could just do the jump ball stuff a tight end does, I think he can continue to thrive. So, yeah. But this sure. this team desperately wants and needs a, a tight end move piece to be yes. a part of moving the chains because the receivers get so much attention. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, in I I think the Bucks are going to blow out the Steelers. Oh, I don't think yeah. the Steelers are good, so I'll take no. the Bucks and the over in this game. Yeah, this this is Steelers are going to have two bad weeks in a row. This is. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, next one, Jacksonville Jaguars going to Indy to face off against the Colts. The Colts are one-and-a-half-point favorites, shockingly, in this game. The over-under is 41. Uh, on the Jaguars' side, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty atrocious. Um, you know, I, I think you can write off the week before because of the weather. It, that wasn't good for him. Uh, but in this game, Trevor Lawrence was 25 of 47, 286 yards, two interceptions, Added 29 yards on the ground, but a, a lot of it was, I mean, he made some nice throws. I'll give him that. And I think that ultimately his, his pass catchers have underperformed. Uh, Marvin Jones ended up being the the high target man, 11, 11 targets, uh, seven receptions, 104 yards. Uh, he just out outpaced Evan Engram, who saw 10 targets, caught six of them for 69 yards. This was kind of the Travis Etienne breakout game, 10 carries, 71 yards, and added three catches for 43. James Robinson was largely ineffective on the ground, but I, I think that'll swing back in his favor. Uh, they've been using Etienne more on the outside, get him in space, which is smart, and James Robinson has struggled. Their offensive line has struggled to get some push on the inside runs. So uh, are you, I guess, are you concerned about Trevor Lawrence? Do you think this is kind of just the yeah. part of his growth? Or... I think it's it's a bit of both um, yeah. because I think we're basically seeing his rookie year because <laughs> yeah. we almost had to punt last year, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think Robinson could struggle again this week because the Colts' defensive line has been pretty good at stopping the run. 
Uh, it's pretty much the only thing their defense has been able to do. Uh, <laughs> so I think you can have a decent day. I think this may be another ETN week. And um, I think we should get back on track with Christian Kirk this week. Um, and yeah. I need more info for this week as Evan Ingram because he hasn't really done much except catching a couple of dink and dunks all year. And then he gets 10 targets. I know Kirk gets, I think he only got like six or seven targets this week and like two catches. So it was a really bad week for him. I want to see if this is continuance, not necessarily for Kirk being bad, but if Ingram can be something with obviously Jones going back to his normal role with uh, with Kirk taking over that. Because the Colts don't really have anyone to take over for him. Um, and Lawrence, if he struggles again this week, he's got basically no excuse because the Colts don't have a good pass rush, really. I mean, Quiddy pays me to do a couple things, but that's about it. And then it's in a dome. <laughs> like... <laughs> He can't, he can't fuck up. It's basically like, and if he does, we know he's got so much more to grow, which is a really bad thing at this point going into second year, especially with such a good start from a young defense. So they need to really step it up on the offense. Yeah. Uh, the Colts side of things, I, I guess my main advice on the Colts is don't chase the Alec Pierce points. Um, now I will say the trends, so the trends are moving upward for him. He's yeah, so, that's... <laughs> the, the last three weeks, five targets, six targets, nine targets. But the reason I say don't chase the points, Jacksonville doesn't have a corner that scares me at all. Pittman is going to be a little bit more open. Pittman had certain for the most part in this last game. Yeah. And so the, and ultimately Matt Ryan is atrocious right now. So He's just going, he's just throwing to kind of whoever's open. Alec Pierce tended to be that guy last week, but I think it's going to be a big Pittman day. And I, I think Alec Pierce is just going to have one of those, you know, he's going to fall back down. He might get the targets. It's looking good for rest of season, though. I, I think those yes. three performances in a row have been good. Yeah, I, I think he's he's becoming a favorite, which obviously he's going to be the one shooter too, but. He's stepping up as the second target of the offense, which is good. That's what we've we were kind of begging for someone to do, and Pierce yeah. has done it. So I think he's a good stash, um, and he's a possible flex this week with the buys. You know, with buys starting, everyone sure. becomes a possible flex, pretty yeah. much. So, uh, but I do agree. I think this is a kind of a get right game for Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, especially if Taylor can play, which it seems like he is. Because yeah, uh, it, it seemed like if it was a Sunday game last week, Taylor was playing. So yeah. I expect him to play. The Jaguars haven't been, you know, like the best <laughs> run defense necessarily. Uh, they've just been doing a good job of getting to the quarterback and not giving the quarterback time, which is what scares me this week because the Colts' offensive line has been uh, pretty atrocious in giving Matt Ryan one of the worst. two seconds of play. So yeah, I, I tweeted out against the Broncos. Now it was partly because Baron Browning was just going insane. He looked like Von Miller. Uh, but I tweeted out this Colts offensive line looks like one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, and I truly meant that. And I watched a lot of bears games. Um, so, I mean, and they're one of the worst I've ever seen too. So offensive line play, not great. Also just to look ahead, tackle class looking fine, but not good. So we're in trouble. Top heavy, definitely yeah. not depth wise. Yeah. It's what, and even then like the top, I don't know if it's going to reach the levels of, it's not the Sue Slater, Soul Slater. It's first round. It's like a first round top two, but it's not. Right. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's we'll get to talk about that, but offensive line play needs to be better across the league. I think is what I'm saying. Yeah, here. Uh, I'm gonna take the Jaguars. Yeah, hundred percent. And the oh, un under the under Jaguars in the over specifically because I said this could be a good day for JT. <laughs> that's yeah. I, that's yeah, the only reason why. <laughs> I, I hesitated on the under, so maybe I should take the over, but it's okay. Um, Both offenses looked pretty atrocious last week. Though. That's I can't yeah, lie. But, yeah. I mean, we're basically asking for 21 to 20, which I think both teams can do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I changed my mind. Um, all right, next one. New York Jets heading to Green Bay to face off against Aaron Rodgers' Packers. Packers are seven and a half point favorites and the over under in this one is 45. Uh, Christian Watson hurt his hamstring last week in the loss to the giants in London, just a perplexing game to me. Uh, but the giants have been playing well. We'll get to them here next, but uh, Aaron Rodgers had a fine day, but a lot of his, all of his passing work has been within five yards of the line of scrimmage. It is just, I don't understand it. I don't know if it's a, a lack of trust in the offensive line at this point, or because I will say that when he drops back, he's, he's getting pressured or if it's kind of the demise of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm kind of leaning towards the, the latter here, but he's proven me wrong before. So as someone who's now, who's been one of the biggest Aaron Rodgers haters, if not living uh, next uh, to where they play, I don't have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a comment on recorded records that could be shown to my bosses. Um, Yeah, Yeah, don't get fired for your (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then so Randall Cobb, top target last week, 13 targets, seven receptions, 99 yards. Um, The the running backs are not getting a whole lot of work. I think that's going to change here at some point. But I don't know that the Jets are the team to do it against. We'll see. So the Jets have given up. I think it's still the most touchdowns for running backs. Yeah. Uh, it might be second or third at this point. Uh, I will say for the AJ Dillon owners that are panicking, uh, he's gotten like 17 and a half touches per game on average. That's like top 10, top 15 in the league. Uh, he's like top 20 in expected yards and points. Just not yeah. getting it. It's like the fourth ranked rush offense. Like it's going to happen. He just needs he needs the touchdowns, and I think that can happen this week. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to like say you're guarantee like an explosion game because uh, this offense has looked bad, but I think the running backs will be carrying this game, even though it's not the greatest like pound for pound matchup. I, I think they can get in the end zone and get some yards. Yeah. For sure. On the other side of things, Brees Hall had a massive day, 18 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown and added two catches for 100 yards and an almost touchdown that was vultured by Michael Carter, which was just infuriating. Uh, Brees Hall looks legit. We knew he was legit. He was our RB1 here on this show, uh, and they have finally figured it out uh, there in New York. And Michael Carter is still involved. I, I do find him intriguing if people are willing to move off of him. Um, don't make comments about Rojo, damn it. Um, but still pissed. <laughs> I, I get it. I understand. Um, 
I don't know if we told that story on the show, but it's for another day. Uh, Yeah, it sounds right. Um, But the, so the Zach, this was all despite Zach Wilson having just a, a really strangely mediocre day, 14 of 21, 210 yards. Uh, He carried the ball in for a touchdown. Yeah, I was going to say. It was pretty dominated by the the Jets running backs and then the Jets defense and special teams really just dominating this game. And we'll be honest, I mean, Bridgewater pretty much gets a concussion on, I think, the first play or the first drive. Uh, (laughs) It shows mobility issues, which basically pretty much immediately put him out of the game, even though he cleared the protocol. Um, Which is odd that they said he cleared the protocol right away because it seems like he's not playing this week and they're playing Skylar. So I think that was a decision that Skylar's the better quarterback, which I don't know how you come to that conclusion uh, based on this last performance. Um, <laughs> but he showed a lot in the preseason. Maybe he's just had a better week. I don't know if Teddy's been on the field, honestly. But um, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention too, my sit, my lock sit, a guy that would not touch my lineup no matter what this week is Elijah Moore. Four targets in this game, just one reception. Zach Wilson is a problem for for the Jets wide receivers. Elijah Moore, four targets. Garrett Wilson, four targets. Uh, he accumulated just 27 yards. Corey Davis, four targets. Braxton Berrios had, uh, I think, one target and was the leading receiver uh, just because he got in the end zone on a carry. Like the, it, it was not good for the Jets' pass catchers. Um, and so I, I'm – Pretty nervous about all of them, but Elijah Moore is the one that consistently from Flacco to Wilson, while he's been open, he, he has absolutely been open and he's he's looking just fine. It, they're not hitting him for whatever reason. He is a secondary read in the offense, or maybe he's the first read and Zach Wilson's moving off it too quickly. I haven't really dived too deep, but I'm not playing him, and I honestly don't have interest in holding him if I drafted him. Personally. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. It's been tough for him. Um, so, like, I know, I know, I have him in one of our dynasty leagues, and I'm, I mean, I, I'm for sure playing Tyler Lockett over him. I'm for sure playing Deontay Johnson over him. Like, obviously, I, I mean, Brees Hall over him. Kind of, you know. Yeah. I was just like, because I know I don't have like a ton of receivers in that league, so I've been like playing him kind of off and on. But now that <laughs> Lockett's kind of a weekly start, uh, I think he's pretty much out of my lineup until I absolutely have to play him, which is sad. But yeah. Elijah Moore's rookie year, he averaged seven targets a game, and he's down under six thus far this year. Um, which doesn't seem like a lot over the course of a season. That's a lot of targets. But when there's when there's only 18 to 20 catchable balls a game. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> That's the issue. It's not great. Speaking of issues, are you taking the Packers? <laughs> because they have not been good. <laughs> it's, it's a big line, uh, and the Jets have looked good. So I'm going to take take the Jets to at least cover. I don't, I don't think the Jets are going to win this game outright. I think it's going to be a close game. But I do think that we will hit the over based on I mean, come on. Someone, someone's. I think you're right. The Packers are going to get in the end zone. I also think it's going to be another Brees Hall day. I'm going to take the Jets to cover as well, uh, and I'll take the under. 
Um, okay. I think the Packers squeak out. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and it's a lot of it. They're home. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is. It's just the Jets have looked all right, and the Packers have looked really bad. Yeah. But like we've talked, they just had. They're not looking good with the ball. The defense has looked good at times, but it's also made a lot of big mistakes and some key penalties. So it's close, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm definitely, is. definitely don't want to go out to one of these bars on Sunday. No. Yeah. I'd stay away. I'd stay away. I'd just watch games at mm-hmm. home. How are you? Uh, all right. Next game, Baltimore Ravens, five and a half point favorites against the New York giants who have looked really, really good. Four and one New York giants uh, over under in this game is 43 and a half. Uh, the Ravens offense hasn't been humming either. I think that the AFC North battles can be what they were. And, and we, so we kind of saw that a little bit, but Lamar has been great uh, outside of his one dud game. Uh, JK Dobbins looked good, but he's not getting a whole lot of work. This was a game without Rashad Bateman. So uh, Devin DuVernay, he was the top, uh, top receiver for them. That's probably not an ideal situation. I, I don't know if they're getting Bateman back this week. It sounded good. Um, I, do uh, you know? I It sounds good that he's playing this week, but I don't think he's practiced fully. Gotcha. Yeah, he's actually practiced, but they think he's on track. Gotcha. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, Devin DuVernay this last week had seven targets, five receptions, 54 yards. The Ravens only, only scored 19 oh, points in this game. Uh on the other side of things, Saquon Barkley looks like uh, the fantasy god that we know him to be. Despite getting banged up in London, he left the game for a brief period of time and then busted out a couple more it's massive runs. About a quarter, he was out, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, still scored 19 fantasy points, 13 carries, 70 yards, a touchdown. Uh, only six targets, three receptions, 36 yards, but we know what Saquon can be. Uh, and he looks like a confident runner, and they do not have concern about his shoulders. So, Start him up because Joe Mixon had a good game without touchdowns and Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to get in the end zone here. So uh, I think we could be looking at a Saquon Barkley overall RB one week. Um, how do you – you know, I, I think the Giants have overperformed th- yes. this year. They've had some easier games as well. Do you, do you think this is the week they come back down to earth against the Ravens? I think they give a good game. Um, but I do think the Ravens win. Uh, I, I'd probably take the points and the over and have the Ravens here. Um, yeah. I do think they win by a touchdown. And That's right. I, I think I think this might be the first full game of Dobbins, actually. Uh, I know in his kind of first or well, second week back, he got the leading touches and two touchdowns. Uh, but he still didn't get a ton of work, and – I think he would have had more work last week, but it was such a weird game. I think he had almost like six yards of carry or something, or like he was looking good, mm-hmm. but only eight carries. So I think we might actually get the full like, okay, you're you're ready, yeah. which is what we're waiting on. Yeah, <clears throat> I think we'll probably get that as well. Um, I'm hoping, but he was definitely my uh, pot or the my need more info last week, and I'm glad that he was. I, I wasn't comfortable yeah. starting him. Um, I am this week. I think, I think I'm rolling them out there. Um, Darius Slayton flash in the pan again. Do we, are we yeah, chasing the points there? I think we're just going to get a weekly flash in the pan from the Giants receiving core until yeah. either Wandale or 
uh, Tony, Tony just take over. Yeah, which but I don't, I don't know if those is possible, but I think they're the only two they could. Yeah, I think we're really, really hoping for Wandale at this point once he's healthy. And, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know if Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones was fine. He's he's a fighter. That's what everyone says about him. He's a fighter, but they never say he's a good quarterback because he's not. Um, I'll also take the Ravens to win by a touchdown and the over in this game. So anything else on this one? Nope. All right. Uh, last game of the early slate, Minnesota Vikings, three-point favorites, facing off against the Dolphins, who, who overrunner in this game is 45. Uh, we talked about it. The Teddy Bridgewater concussion has now put him out. And, uh, well, technically he's back, but Skylar Thompson is going to start this week. Though, uh, I think I think two is on track to start next week. Um, so, uh Vikings looked like the best offense in the league for uh, the first half and then the Bears figured them out, shut them out in this second half for the most part. Uh they they really honed in which if the Bears defense is honing in despite not having a good pass rush, I think the Dolphins defense could give the Vikings a little bit more trouble than than maybe this over under would suggest. Uh the Dolphins offense without Tua is scary business to to really start anyone in fantasy although especially with Tyreek Hill walking out of there in a boot sounds like he's okay don't know if he's playing though uh what, what are you thinking here um I I mean I think it's a decent day for Waddle but I think most are kind of a good day as well uh just maybe the Dolphins running backs but I think this is a Vikings pretty easy win yeah I I think that's fair um I would really I really want to see – I know we had the Justin Jefferson crazy first half. I want to see two halves of it. He hasn't put together two uh, a full game of being dominant yet, and if he does, he's going for 300. Like, he's insane, uh, and I'm ready for it. Possible. It is. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too much to say on this game. I'm taking the Vikings, and I'll take the over in this game. Yep, same. Okay, cool. Uh, afternoon slate, Arizona Cardinals, three-point favorites against the Seahawks, the Geno Smith MVP frontrunner Seahawks. Uh, over-under in this game is 51.5, the highest over-under that we have discussed thus far. Um, on the Cardinals side, James Conner hurt himself. Uh, he hurt his ribs. Daryl Williams hurt his knee. Uh, Rashad Penny is out for the season. He broke his fibula. Sounds right. Fibula. Tibia? Oh, okay. Tibia top, Christian. We went to oh. like four nanny classes. I thought, it was, but I, I thought it was uh, – yeah, you're right. But we skipped it. Um, we, we skipped I it said four. We went to four classes. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Rashad Penny's out. Ken Walker – there were a lot of people saying, oh, Ken Walker, uh, you got to go pick him up. There weren't that many leagues that he was available in, guys. I promise that the Yahoo – percentages available in 40 percent of sleeper leagues yeah that's i mean yeah four four out of ten sure i guess that's too many to be available in my opinion but it's not like obscene amount yeah um seahawks though so (laughs) geno smith i made a joke just now about uh geno smith being the mvp front runner he is kind of looked like he looks better than russell wilson at this point um, I think that this offense is going to be able to move the ball despite losing Rashad Penny. 
and the Cardinals offense has looked pretty mediocre. I'm, I am really not into what they are doing though. The Andre Hopkins is teasing his return. So, yeah. So just for what it's worth, uh, the Cardinals do play next Thursday uh, for week seven. And I think I'm assuming Hopkins is playing, but I think he's going to be a small game from him. I will say Rondell Moore, you know, seven catches on eight targets, 68 yards. Hollywood Brown is doing his normal thing. Uh, Urch is getting 10 targets. I think this offense is starting to figure it out. I think they're still trying to figure out running back because Connor has him in it and now he's hurt. You know, Benjamin seems to be the only one standing <laughs> right now. We'll see on everyone's kind of status game time. But uh, if it's just Eno, I think he can do a good job this week. The Seahawks aren't a good run defense by any means. Um, so I think this could be a really good day by both teams. Yeah. I and think... I think you're, I, you, you're, you're playing Walker. <laughs> you're starting Lockett and Metcalf, even though I will say for Metcalf's sake, the number one receiver against the Cardinals has been struggling all season. So. That's true. That's true. And Lockett really has been dominant. He's on pace for his best season in the last five. I want to say something crazy like that. Um, so I, I think it could be a really good day for him. Um, I am going to take the Seahawks in this game because I'm going to ride the team that, you know, we're, we're fighting over. Um, and, man, 51 and a half is a lot, but I'm still going to take the over. True. It makes sense to me. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else on this one? No. All right. Uh, next one, Carolina Panthers against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are nine and a half point favorites in this game. Over-under is 41. Baker Mayfield suffered a high ankle sprain. He's probably out two to three weeks, but he's not going on the IR, so he could return here shortly. Uh, Matt Rule got fired. We didn't talk about that at the Open because I knew we'd get to this. Um, I am happy for Panthers fans. I think the Matt Rule era was just largely disappointing. I think Matt Rule is going to find himself back in college football, which is fun. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where this Panthers team goes from here. Um, Christian McCaffrey, well, yeah. They, they, they need to tear it all the way down. I think that's the problem here. Um, there, there have been a lot of DJ Moore trade rumors. There have been some Robbie Anderson trade rumors. Uh, P.J. Walker is going to start in this game, it sounds like. P.J. Walker was Robbie Anderson's college quarterback. Um, so I don't know if that matters this week. I guess we're going to find out. The Rams have not been good. I think that the Panthers' defense is going to give them a little bit of issue. I, I, they got bullied by the 49ers, but the Rams have not been even remotely close to what the 49ers are, and that's it's kind of sad. Um Cooper Cup is going crazy, though. I think that remains uh, against the Panthers. I think he's just – they're going to hyper-target him, but th that offense needs to evolve if they're going to be a good football team. Um, Tyler Higby is also getting a ton of targets. That has not changed. He's starting every week, every week. Um, okay, how do, how, what, how do you think this game's going to go? Do you think the Rams are going to cover this 9.5? <clears throat> um, yeah. Like, the Rams have looked bad. Like, let's be real. But the Panthers, with P.J. Walker quarterback, I have no just thoughts. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't care. It, it's one of those offenses that <clears> – <throat> uh, excuse me. Um, 
it's one of those offenses that like you look at DJ Moore before the season and you say, Oh, you got a quarterback upgrade. And then Baker plays as terribly as he had. Honestly, he might be getting a quarterback upgrade this week with how bad Baker has played. Um, he has, I think the second worst QBR um, in the last, how many every at 15 years, I think it was Jamarcus Russell is the only one with a worse one. Um, so things have been very, very bad for Carolina. Um, despite the Rams, despite me thinking the Panthers could give the Rams defense some some issue, I think the Rams do cover, and I think this is going to be an under because I don't think the Panthers score many points at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Next one, the game of the week by a lot. Buffalo Bills, two-and-a-half-point favorites, heading to Kansas City. I am shocked at that line. Uh, Chiefs coming off. We don't need to talk about it. Sorry, Randy. Uh, Over-under in this one is 53-and-a-half. Um, <clears throat> this was by far the the last time these two teams played was the best football game I've watched in a very, very long time, maybe ever. Um, it, it was – just a display of the best two quarterbacks in the NFL and two of the freakiest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Uh, I think that if this game disappoints me, then I, I probably need to just stop watching football. And that's me saying it's not going to disappoint. It is going to be all of that. Although this year, these two defenses are a little better. They are a little better. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out. The uh, Gabe Davis uh, went nuclear last week. Uh, everyone on the Bills' offense went nuclear, for what it's worth. Um, and then, and yeah, and then I guess, how do you see this playing out? I'm I'm excited for this game. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the shootout. It wasn't the playoffs last year because, like we said, the the defenses for both sides have improved. It, it rather, you know. I think the Bills defense improved more, but now with injuries, it's you know hat you know about the same. Um, I am curious to see how they do play the Chiefs. The the Bills have been playing intensely, you know, back off defense. We're you're gonna try to beat us, dink and dunk, but the Chiefs have been playing pretty much predominantly dink and dunk all year uh, without Hill. So I'm curious to see if they change it up uh, this season and. They're not going to have enough time for Mahomes to be scrambling around because the Bills have been doing a good job of getting to the quarterback. Uh, but this passing attack for the Bills has been going nuts. Um, my start of the week is Devin Singletary because he had such a, you know, kind of a dead week last week against the Steelers because he wasn't needed and they kind of, it seemed like saved him. <laughs> it didn't really give him like a bulk of carries when they were up big or something. So I do think he has an explosive game, especially through the air this week. Uh, because while the well, I don't think he has a huge game on the ground, even though like Josh Jacobs just murdered these guys, and uh, it's a different style of running back. And I do think a one cut back like Singletary, like a, a real kind of bursty guy, can can really demolish this Chiefs defense. They are good run stuffing linebackers, and so they're not good cover linebackers. So that's where I think Singletary can kind of get a good amount of, you know, his normal, what he's been doing this season, get maybe like 18 points for you, but I think it's going to be a solid play and a really touchdown heavy game possibility, which is where he can kind of thrive, which is a good thing. Uh, we'll see how the Chiefs do stopping big plays. They've given up a few this year, and you, if they give up big plays this week, it's going to be an absolute light show out there. Yes. Um 
Yeah, I, I do want to mention Khalil Shakiri was my wide receiver 10 in the draft last year. Fell, I had a, a day two grade on him. He was a third round grade for me. He fell to day three inexplicably, honestly. I mean, like mm-hmm. skill wise. So I, I kind of get it, but then you kind of look at, you know, some of the guys that got drafted before him and, and what that looks like. We always look like that, though. <laughs> this they is true. Receivers, me and you have always, like, we always see the ones that should. I mean, uh, I mean, Amon Ra. And Amon Ra. And yeah. There's Amon Ra is obviously a, a bigger uh, success right. than those guys, but there, yeah. every year there's day three guys that should definitely not go day three at the wide receiver position just because it's such a plentiful draft position every year. Uh, and I think the Bills are just, you know, doing well with it. Uh, and they got, I think, a slot for the the future here uh, yeah, with McKenzie good. good as well. Yeah, he looked good. I did want to mention, too, Sky Moore. They, they, they didn't use him all game. He was on the field a little bit more. Uh, it, it laying down, I saw a clip uh, of him laying down a nice block. They used him on the final drive that the Chiefs had, and it, what do you know? He catches the ball and he's explosive. I think that we're going to see a little bit more Sky Moore in this game um, than we have just because the Chiefs wide receivers have been fairly disappointing. McCole Hardman could have had a massive game. Um, he, I believe, had a drop or two that would have been just massive, massive gains. Juju's been fine. Um, MVS has struggled with his hands, and I think Andy Reid's probably going to get tired of that soon. So I think eventually we're going to see more Sky Moore. I don't. I guess I don't know if it's in this game, but it feels like the, these two teams are going to leave everything on the field despite it being a regular season matchup. And so I think that could be the secret weapon type of thing out there. So um, who are you picking here? I'm picking the Bills. I'm pretty much uh, like Bills are my Super Bowl pick. I'm just rolling with them here. Uh, yeah. I think they looked they, – they had a bad rain game, and I think they kind of got back into you know, form this last week, and, and they're roaring to go against a, a defense that really didn't do much to stop the Raiders last week. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping it's a, another shootout. And then just a couple of key defensive plays. Yeah. Yeah. I I also hope for that. I'm taking the Bills as well, and I'll take the over. Just I think the defenses are better. It takes a second for these offenses to figure it out at the beginning of the game. But I do think that down the stretch, it's going to be a lot of points scored, which will be good for all of our fantasy teams, right? Yes. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a very intriguing matchup. Uh, the NFC East is one of the best divisions in football record-wise right now, which is insane. But uh, Eagles are five-point favorites over under. Here is 43. Dalton Schultz re-aggravated his knee. Doesn't seem serious. Don't know if he's playing yet this week. Look for Jake Ferguson to get an uh, extended uh, look uh, within the offense if he does not play. Um, this Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott talk that I've seen all over everywhere has got to stop. Um, Cooper Rush... Very fine at operating the vanilla offense that focuses on the run and just has very simple reads. He is not Dak Prescott. Let's stop talking about that. Um, yes. Dak, I don't believe, is going to be back for this game. I think we're, we're getting one more week of he's, Cooper he's Rush. Yeah, yeah. They, they said they already said it's Rush. Um, yeah. It seems like 
it seems like Dak is getting his grip strength back. He's getting his velocity back. They're just practicing with him home of the week. And if we're being real, he should not play against the Eagles this first week. Because Eagles That's defense true. has been pretty lights out, and they have, you know, the biggest, most freak athlete D tackle in the league. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. I, if I'm Dak, I don't want my hand near that. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, pass, or, I, go ahead. I was, sorry, as I said, uh, I know the Cowboys have a week nine by. I think they wish it was week seven or eight, <laughs> uh, yeah. just so they could get Dak back after it. Because I don't think they want to sit him until you know week ten. But I think that would be what's best for him. And with how not well. This Cowboys offense has looked under rush because it hasn't looked great. It's just it moves the ball somewhat and they score a little bit, but the defense is really carrying. And I don't think that's going to be the case this week. And that's yeah. what's going to kind of stop that talk, I think, with Cooper Rush. Now, if Cooper Rush goes out and destroys the Eagles and wins this game, I think that talk is going to go way off the charts, which sucks. But yeah. Stupid. At a certain point, if he does do that, he's earning a job for himself. But we've said that with Gardner Mentor in the past, and yeah, and we while see. I think he's going to be going a trade trade deadline candidate. Uh, I, I don't think he's doing much. So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Cowboys ran the hell out of the ball last week. Uh, both Zeke and Pollard had massive days, uh, both up over seventy yards. Um, wh- why are you looking at me? Oh, yeah, lucrative voice crack. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> so I, I think they're going to do the same thing on offense. Uh, just hope for some explosives via the running backs and just feed the ball to C.D. Lamb. C.D. had eight targets last week. I think that continues in this game, though I think he does draw Slay, and we'll see what that means for C.D. This is kind of his opportunity to – you know, show that he's the one. Yeah. Um, I, he's, I think he's shown he's the one. Gonna... I think Seed's going to draw Slay and possibly a double team. Yeah, which would be while smart. While Gallup is getting back full strength, I don't think people he's are scared of him yet. No, he's not there. <laughs> which he they looks should be fine. He he looks he looks fine, but I I think another few weeks before we see full Michael Gallup. On the other side, uh, Jalen Hurts is a spectacular fantasy football player. He struggled a little bit in this last game. Um, Twenty six of thirty six, two thirty nine. Uh, 15 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns. Very good line. Uh, but there were times, every time Jalen Hurts is blitzed, he is struggling this year. I think that is not good uh, because Dan Quinn is going to dial up blitzes. We know how he likes oh, yeah. to run that defense. And so I, I don't think this is a good matchup for Jalen Hurts. I think Micah Parsons has a big game uh, pass catching wise on the Eagles side. Uh, so A.J. Brown, seven targets last week. Devontae Smith, 11 targets, uh, and he caught 10 of them for 87 yards. Devontae Smith, has he overtaken in target share? Yeah. I don't think he has. Um, no. AJ's and, been and more Smith, consistent. And Smith had, you know, a, a bad week the week before, and there yeah. was focus on H. Brown. And again, I'm going to keep harping on this because while they're not shut out, I, it, Cardinals against the top receiver – the top receiver hasn't had a good game yet. And again, they're not, you know, it's a lockdown and it's not the best corner in football, or, but whether it's Murphy or just the defense philosophy as a total, the top receiver has not had a good game against Cardinals. 
So yeah. I think that's just more of what it was. And Devonta Smith and Goddard were more open. And again, you know, it was an efficient passing day. They weren't trying to do crazy stuff with it. I think it's going to be the same thing this week because they're going to try to be conservative through the air because that's where the Cowboys will be able to stop them. They're, I think the over-under most weeks for the Cowboys stacks is like three and a half, uh, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> uh, I think it'll be the same thing this week, even with the Eagles having a pretty good offensive line at times. Uh, I know they're a little banked up, but um, I think A.J. Brown is a little bit better week. Um, if anyone runs a double move on Trayvon Diggs, I think they have a touchdown. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's going to be a good week for Sanders and Hurts. And I'll yeah. say, I, I think – Goddard have an okay week. I think one receiver will have a good week. I just don't know which one it is. Oh, I think it's AJ Brown this week. I, I, I think, think it AJ, is, but I think AJ's gonna draw digs most of the time, and I think AJ is gonna cook him because he's not very good. Let's be real. He's um, he's not. <laughs> he's but he's, the Cowboys the Cowboys are starting to play with that though. They're not fully like islanding him necessarily. They're because you really can't with Diggs because for him to be his best, he can't be on an island because he tries for the ball too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles to cover and win, obviously. Stupid, yeah, stupid over too. Yeah, also the over for me. So, All right, uh, final game, Broncos, Chargers. I'm so, so tired of seeing the Broncos on in primetime. It's it's so tough to watch. Chargers are six point favorites. Over under is forty five and a half. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have much to say about the Broncos' offense right now. Um, I, I just don't think it's very good. I don't think Russ is very good, and he got an injection this week, and so we'll see what he even looks like in this game. Uh, the Broncos put up nine points last week. Russ was twenty one of thirty nine through two interceptions and the game clincher in overtime on what was an easy read to KJ Hamler standing wide open in the back of the end zone. And he tried to fit it into Sutton uh, who was right in front of him and threw a pick very, very bad on the flip side of things though. The chargers defense does not look quite what we thought it would. Now it's going to take some time for them to gel. I think JC Jackson is, is uh, he, so he came he was hurt when he got there. He came back, he got hurt again. I think he's still getting right. And so um I I don't know what to expect from this game. Uh how are you viewing this one? So if this is going to be a good game for the Broncos, first off, I think Melvin Gordon and uh Mike Boone to some extent can have a good day. I think the Chargers can obviously be run down. Um but for this team to actually move the ball, they have to go to Judy. Like, yeah. he's force-feeding to Sutton, and they suck. And, yeah. you know, if J.C. Jackson does play, there's going to be help over top on the Sutton side as well. Uh, secondary and third corners for the Chargers this year haven't done that well. Uh, they've been giving up points. I think Judy can have an amazing day if targeted. Um and yeah. that's basically the, the long and the short of it. I think to, to win this game, they have to grind the clock with a good running game and move the ball with Judy. And I, I don't think they will, which is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's It doesn't make sense from a, a play-calling perspective. But uh, And even some of the play calls, you could tell it's to Judy or Hamler or the tight end, and he's just force-feeding you a bad throw to Sutton. 
I mean, that, that's what lost him the game this last week. He force-feeded it sudden when two other guys were open. Yeah, I would actually I, – I wouldn't push back. So Judy got eight targets, Sutton got 11. It didn't feel that way while we were watching it. My pushback would be they need to feed Hamler. They need to incorporate this third wide receiver because Hamler has been cooking folks. He's been cooking them. And so, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Go ahead. Uh, no, so I was going to say two, two of the targets of Judy were missed by Russ. That yeah. should have been like a 30-yard touchdown and then another huge play. Yeah, so it would have been a massive Judy should have had his best game of the season, and Russ yeah. fumbled the bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except he got his bag. And I think this could be the culmination of – this is a terrible contract, and I don't know what we're going to do for the Broncos. I'm hoping it's not the case. I hope this is a more competitive game. Um, Chargers, though, it, Austin Eckler ran all over the Browns. I, that's not going to happen against the Broncos. I think getting Keenan Allen back is likely and it will vastly improve their passing offense. Um, not that they've been bad. Uh, Mike Williams had another big day last week, but – I think the Chargers win this game comfortably, and we hit the over. But the over is it, it's tight because I'm not confident I'm going, at all in the Broncos. I'm going Chargers and under. I also want to point out that uh, Baron Browning had you know a breakout game, finally playing as a an actual outside linebacker and not like a not a will, um, mm-hmm. and. He has a sprained wrist. He's day-to-day. He's playing, in my opinion. Uh, Bradley Chubb actually looked really good this last week as well. And this Chargers offensive line does not look good. Obviously, Rashad Slater out for the year is impacting that greatly. Uh, and them not really figuring out the right tackle is impacting that greatly. I think we could have another kind of game where we had this last Thursday where these two were just dominating the line of scrimmage and getting to Justin Herbert. So it could be a better day for Eckler. Um and I think Keenan Allen back would great this greatly improve this as well. But I I with what I saw from Barry Brown and Bradley Chubb last week against this offensive line, <laughs> I think they can keep this a close game and keep them under. The best then, two edge rushers from that from Baron Browning's draft class were linebackers in college. Mike I know, right? and, um, and then for what it's worth there as well. If Allen isn't playing, then we have Sertain and Mike Williams. <laughs> I know. I know. It's tough. And we have this problem with Mike Williams and DK Metcalf uh, specifically because they're so good in the air, one-on-one, 50-50 ball, that it's so hard not to play them. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's the same thing. You know, I, I really – don't want to play Mike if Keen's not out there, but probably might <laughs> because there's a chance he has one big play for a touchdown and he makes it work. But yeah, Sertain is legit. There's no question. He yeah, he's he's one of those corners that you you hesitate pretty strongly. So, all right, um, are, you said you're taking the under, but the Chargers. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, I can't pick the Broncos. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't. Sorry, sweet. Yeah, I was just gonna say sorry, sweet. Sorry for that whole discussion, sweet. If you're listening, um, uh, he right. he hates him as much, so it's fine. I know, I know he does. He was really angry last week, um, per usual. 
that'll do it for this episode of the cut. And that is it for the week six slate. Remember if you guys have questions or anything like that, our Twitter, you can hit us up on Twitter at C Williams NFL or at our hall NFL. We will be happy to answer start sits for you. Um, good luck in your matchups this week. Once again, don't start the bye week players. Make sure you get those guys out of your lineups. Uh, Randy, anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, go Guardians. Hopefully they can make this a series. Um, they can. They're didn't gonna that look impressive game one, though? It didn't look like a, a great matchup. But if you can get up into the, you know, the Yankees bullpen, I think you can do a good job. So we'll see. Yeah, they have the pitching advantage the next two games. I think that is going to help. I think so, too. But Beaver Beaver going next helps. You had to put up more than one run. (laughs) It doesn't have to be six, but you had to. You can't leave the bases loaded. That's that's what you can't do. So, Um, all right, guys. Like I said, remember if you have start sits, hit us up. Otherwise, we will be back next week, probably on Monday, because. I would assume on Monday. It's. I'm not going to lie, guys. I kind of low-key baited Christian and enough. I, I, I wanted I, to just watch the game. And I know I he did to watch too, but being a Raiders fan, I was actually able to yeah. <laughs> kind of push it farther. Yeah. And it was just too good a it was too good a game. We couldn't Yeah. We couldn't. Well I, I had actually I texted Wayne and said, Hey, just so you know, because he sent me some some things to talk about, which we didn't talk about, which we'll we'll, be we'll get kind of. Kind of. We talked about it a little bit. I, I can text him our thoughts, but um, he, I said, hey, just so you know, we're going to talk about these things, but we're going live on Wednesday. We're watching this game. And he said, yeah, I figured Randy would have a, a tough time watching and recording. I said it would have been a terrible show. So <laughs> You just see me this the whole time, just in a picture-picture box on the other side. No, I'm over yeah. here, man. Yeah. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. We will be back on Monday for Randy Hall. I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later.